Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Hi, I'm Scott Hahn, and I'd like to invite you personally to join me and Breadbox Media on August 24th in New Oxford, Pennsylvania. For a day of spiritual renewal, I'll be presenting three talks, one on St. Joseph, one on the Sacrament of Matrimony, and another one on the Holy Eucharist. Learn more and register at breadboxmedia.com forward slash PA conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to Why Do Catholics, the podcast from Catholics about the Catholic faith and what we believe. I'm your host, Rachel Bryson. Joining me again, welcome back, Father Josh Cavender. Well, Father, thank you for for joining us for another episode of our Why Do Catholics podcast. Okay, so Father, back again. Absolutely, ready to go. Happy to have you. Uh, So now this this next sacrament in, in our you know, sacrament series here on why do Catholics, you know, we're really talking about confirmation, that next step in in being a Catholic. And I know sometimes, you know, Catholic, especially youth who are kind of going through the, the mm. training process and all of the education and, you know, the tests and the preparation, you know, it might seem like they're just being prepared for graduation of, of some kind. And, and I know that Confirmation's not really like that. So so can you kind of help us understand and, and dispel the myths that are surrounding confirmation? Sure thing. Confirmation is many times it coincides with, you know, like kind of an eighth grade graduation. So it's kind of like the Catholic version of that in people's minds. And, you know, I kind of die inside a little bit every time I hear that. So, uh, no, ca- uh, confirmation is not Catholic graduation. It is so much more powerful. Confirmation is a particular grace of the Holy Spirit descending, uh, as seen in Pentecost, to give us the grace to be witnesses to Christ and to go out and evangelize. When we say Catholic graduation, if you mean receiving the graces to be able to go out and change the world and spread that relationship with God to the universe, to your community, to your family, to everything you do in your life, Absolutely. We could say that if that's what you mean by graduation, sure, we can say it's Catholic graduation. But if you just mean like, oh, now I got my confirmation certificate, kind of like my graduation certificate, and I don't really have to worry about that anymore, then then we have completely missed the glory that God gives us in confirmation. Okay. And, and I know when we were, um, you know, we were chatting a little bit, you know, before we started recording, and you were telling me that there's two places that, that we kind of see confirmation. Can, can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Both of them are found in the books, uh, a book of Acts of the Apostles. So the first one is lesser known, uh, I suppose, uh, as people are approaching confirmation. And that's, that's Acts 8. And that's when Philip, the deacon, right, he, was, he was ordained as a deacon back uh, a, a little bit ago in, in the book, uh, of Acts, and he goes to Samaria, and so so he goes and he becomes this evangelist to the to the Samaritans, and so it comes back to Peter and John, the apostles. The Samaritans have been baptized, but they haven't yet received the Spirit. Mm. And now, w- when we talked about uh, uh, baptism uh, a few episodes ago, 
baptism, we receive the indwelling of the Trinity. We receive the Spirit. So, so what, what does that mean? They didn't receive the Spirit. Did he get, like, stuck in traffic on the way to Samaria that, that time? You know, uh, they just got the Father and the Son? Or is, is, it, is it that it's actually the, the quadrinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit? They hadn't received the other Holy Spirit? No, absolutely not. So they hadn't received a particular set of graces from the Holy Spirit. So, so what we see is that John and Peter come down to Samaria, and they lay hands on the Samaritans, and they anoint them in confirmation. So what we see is this distinct sacrament between baptism and confirmation from the time of the apostles. This is about as early as you get. And that they, that they knew to do this seems to indicate that Christ had intended it to be this way from the beginning, mm-hmm. so that Christ had revealed this to them. It wasn't, they were just making it up as they went. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ had been instructing them for three years and had given them the Holy Spirit, which brings me to my second, the, the second instance. When did they receive the Spirit to be able to guide them to do this ministry? So that's at Pentecost, which we just celebrated, a, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago. And what happened at Pentecost? So let's get in the mindset of the apostles for a second and the early church. Okay, so they had just gone through through the whole passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. They not only deserted their best friend, Jesus, who was, who was following them, showing them all these amazing things, but then Judas betrayed him. All the other apostles deserted him. Then the people that Jesus came to save, they turned on him mm. and wanted him to be crucified. And the Roman government, to make everybody happy and keep the peace in Jerusalem, turned and killed Jesus. So think about this for a moment. Even Okay, Jesus rose from the dead. That's wonderful. That's glorious. Absolutely. But think about the apostles for a second. If they did that to Jesus, what are they going to do to the apostles? If they do that to the master, what are they going to do to the servants? Mm-hmm. At the moment of Pentecost, where do we see the apostles? They're hiding behind locked doors. And who are they with? Mary. They're hiding with spiritual mom for fear of the Jews. And then, all of a sudden, unexpectedly, after it says Jesus had already ascended and he promised to send the Holy Spirit, this sound like this rushing wind comes, comes pouring through the room and these tongues of fire descend upon them, the fire of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, they, they receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. And what do they do? They don't just sit there and hide it. They don't keep hiding. Immediately, like Peter kicks down the front door and all of a sudden, all these people are talking and they're hearing the the apostles speak, even though there's all these different languages present, that they can hear this word of God being proclaimed by the apostles. And so it shows on one level that the Spirit is giving this grace that all languages, nations, and peoples are now open to the grace of God. So, so then, as, as Peter, he gives this, this wonderful speech about, about how Jesus Christ has come into the world and has saved us and opened to us the gates of paradise, then all of a sudden, 3,000 people enter into baptism. I say that's a pretty good day at the office. And that's, a, that's a good starting point. If we were down in the, the, the corner of Maine and First, or your, whatever you know, the, the corner of town is, you know, I think we'd be doing pretty good if 3,000 people decided to come into the church at one time. So what we see is that the grace of confirmation, the grace of Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit, moved the apostles from being, in a sense, scared and hiding with mom into proclaiming the mystery of Christ to the world. Mm -hmm. The grace of confirmation is the grace of evangelization and also the grace of witness, to witness in our own life to Christ. Witness is a very specific word. 
where, where would you where would you get a witness? Well, in a court case, right? They're the people right. that have seen this happen. Mm -hmm. So it's about our, uh, you know, basically proclaiming our experience of Christ because we have a relationship with him. We are witnessing to it in this battle between heaven and earth and for the souls of all humanity, mm -hmm. right? But what is witness in Greek? Marturion. The witnesses are the martyrs. It is the grace not only of evangelization, but the grace of martyrdom, whether that be with our own blood or white martyrdom and simply witnessing with our whole lives. So that's a pretty powerful sacrament. It's not just Catholic graduation here. It's not just choosing it for ourselves. Yeah. This is a powerful sacrament. Right. And that's what, you know, really we're all called to do. All those who've been confirmed, it's almost where, like at baptism, our, our, our parents, mm -hmm. we could say, made the choice to, to, to bring us into the church. But now almost here at confirmation, that's where we have the opportunity to say yes again and say yes, uh, I I want to live, uh, you know, my life this way. I want to give my life to the, the Lord's service. And, and it's certainly the grace is to be able to proclaim that relationship to the world. See, there's some different there's some differences between the, the Eastern and Western church. Mm -hmm. The You know, in the Latin church, we've had this, they, they kind of pulled apart the sacraments of, of baptism and confirmation to create more of a distinction between them. So what we, we've seen is that confirmation has moved later into life. Now it is commonly around eighth grade. Mm -hmm. But in the Eastern Church, baptism, confirmation, and First Communion all happen at the same time at the child's baptism. So we call it chrismation, right? Because in the actual rite of confirmation, chrism is used to anoint the head, mm -hmm. the forehead of the person with the prayer, be sealed with the gift of the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. It's giving us those graces, whether we have to grow into them as a child as, as it is in the Eastern Church or in the, in the Western Church, that we kind of have this, this time of study, this time of building our relationship mm -hmm. with Christ, that time of that internal aspect of our relationship, which we have in baptism, certainly, but that now we move from that internal relationship of baptism to this external relationship with God to the world in confirmation, that we, we receive those graces now and are able to go proclaim Christ to the world. Now, do you remember, I know it's been a few years since my confirmation. Do you remember your confirmation and, and did you feel anything special or, um, or, or any different after your confirmation? I did. I remember being, being confirmed back by Bishop Totillo in Holy Trinity Parish in Columbia. I knew it was an important sacrament and I kind of felt changed by it, but I couldn't really put my finger exactly on what it was that I felt mm. different about. Once I started to understand that relationship of, of how we receive the Holy Spirit this way in confirmation, I started to pay a lot more attention to that tug of the Holy Spirit in my life. Mm -hmm. And how it was like, God is giving us the graces to convert the world. If we would just use them, the world would be converted. If God is giving us this immense sacrament, in order to do that, I, I started to actually listen to that. And it, it became much more clear to me as I became much attentive to it, more in seminary than mm -hmm. any other time, but especially getting involved with like evangelization trips when I have to depend on the Holy Spirit. You know, evangelization is not about us saying the magical words of, if I just say all these words and give this stellar argument, you know, this person will enter into the church. No, it's about the Holy Spirit turning the heart of that person to enter into a relationship. Mm -hmm. We just happen to be the means that that person 
does so. People aren't problems to be solved. They're people to be loved. Mm -hmm. So that grace to be able to love people in the way that God is asking us to love them. So I started to become more in tune with that after my confirmation. Yeah, excellent. Now, Father, do you have any words of advice for young people who Mm -hmm. maybe they're preparing for confirmation or they just received confirmation? Is there anything that you would like to say to them? Sure. It's really easy to look around and see all of the problems of the world. And there's, there's many ways to address those problems through policy making, through good programs, uh, assistance, stuff like that. But one of the most fundamental problems in the world today is that people don't know Jesus Christ. If people knew the God of the universe and how much he loved them and entered into that relationship, the world would be the living kingdom of God. And so on one level, you can't give a gift that you don't have. I would love to be able to write you a million dollar check, but I can also guarantee that it would bounce. Because uh, if we're going to be proclaiming God to the, the world, it's not about just studying for confirmation. It's about learning our relationship with Christ, spending time on our knees before him, getting to know that relationship. So that when somebody asks you, why are you doing that Catholic thing that looks weird? Or when you see somebody going down a path that is is really destructive to them, to be able to say, I have this relationship with Jesus Christ, and I think it might help you too. And offering that relationship, but we can't offer what we don't have. So answer that question in your life. Who is Jesus Christ and why does he matter to me? And then be prepared to give that answer to the world, because the world's going to ask. Father, thank you for another very insightful talk on the sacraments. And as always, we're so glad that you've been able to carve out a little bit of time to share your insights with us. It's always my pleasure and honor. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Why Do Catholics, a podcast for the Diocese of Harrisburg. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. This is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tours Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019 and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com Featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith Not just a profile picture For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com And the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website Is ready to help single Catholics take the next step In sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics Remember, CatholicSingles.com For faith, fellowship, and love.